0: I guess one of the big questions we always run into is just general vocal care. Um, I, I, I've seen a lot of worship leaders. I know just personally in my context, I've seen worship leaders kind of wreck themselves. Um, and I know, Cliff, on, on your part, you've come across it too. I've personally dealt with uh, not nodules or anything like that, but, but what felt like uh, what I thought was nodules. At one point, I've had myself scoped and like had my throat looked at because I thought I was losing uh, range. But um, maybe if yep. you could speak a little bit towards your background with vocal health.
1: Yeah, um well, uh I, I you know back in my late 20s I kind of came across a situation where I had found myself um, getting really tired vocally very quickly after after a worship service um, and at that time we were we were doing three and four worship services a Sunday morning so needless to say by the fourth service my voice was was gone um, like just like you Ryan I had um, had my my voice you know had a scope done and everything for me it ended up being um, acid reflux which um, uh, you know I was very concerned that it was some kind of nodes or anything like that and actually nodes are not as common as a lot of people think um, typically, Typically, when you're feeling your voice feel fatigued or tired, it's it's really just because of overuse. And um, uh, but for me personally, it was because there was a lot of um, you know I was having acid reflux and it was causing a lot of health issues. Namely, my voice was was affected by it.
0: So let's take maybe a step back. Like there may be somebody listening to it. I I have no doubt that some worship leaders listening to this doesn't even know what a node is. Could maybe you speak like? what what is that what what happens to to vocal cords for that
1: yeah, well, when there's obviously the vocal the vocal folds, um, when when they create tone or sound, they they basically vibrate together, and a lot of times that vibration or that rubbing between the vocal folds, if it's not being done properly or with the proper breath support or when there's fatigue, um, basically what happens over time is it builds up um, scar tissue, and um, you know you can get little nodules on your vocal vocal uh, cords, uh, and then what happens is when that little that that growth happens on the vocal cord it doesn't allow the vocal cords to come together properly Um, and that can create um, a breathy sound in your tone you just don't have the power that you used to have Uh, and so um, uh, you know vocal vocal nodes basically when that happens they have to be removed Um, and then again when that when you have that surgery and those are removed you always run the risk of having some kind of scar tissue there so um so
0: you definitely want to be careful sure so the like you said the actual getting nodes tends to be much more rare um than than a lot of singers it feels like if you've been worship leading for a while if you've been singing for any amount of time um at some point you you hear that word and you start like wondering if maybe that's you but maybe cliff talk a little bit about you you said it's pretty rare to actually get to that point, why why is it that yeah
1: don't don't panic when you when you uh, start feeling vocal fatigue come in or you don't feel like you have the power or the tone that you used to have um, because um, you know vocal vocal nodes are not as common as people think um, they uh, sometimes uh, and I knew uh, a friend in high school who got them very early in her life but for her it was um and it can happen it was a hereditary thing mm-hmm. um so um don't you know don't panic when you feel like you're losing your voice because it's typically something else is is going on and happening um the thing the, the, the thing that you want to do is make sure that as soon as you start feeling that that fatigue or that um that that airiness in your in your voice is to get it checked out right away mm. uh, because if it is if it is a vocal node, um, typically they don't get better um, on their own. You have to you know you have to take action when you start feeling that. But again, it's typically something else. Um, you know even even when your vocal cords are swollen, um, you can mistake that as, as vocal nodes. Um, but swelling is just something that you know needs to heal over time, and it will go down eventually. And most of the time, you can you can uh, uh, if you just give vocal rest um the 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 swelling goes down, and there 's no damage done to the vocal cords at all
0: in my context, just for a little background too i had um it was two winters ago um it was leading services and i and I felt like i just i i stopped we we did a lot of high energy stuff we had a like a really modern service at our church that that I was leading and so uh-huh. so we did a lot of like the high end like high singing with everything woes on the top, a lot of just like really high energy stuff that I could usually do no problem. And I felt like that my range was getting like tighter and tighter when I was up there. Like I felt like my, my throat was getting tighter and tighter. And, f- and so for me, what ended up happening is I did, like you said, after about a month or two, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go get scoped, which is really, they put a camera down your nose and look at your vocal cords, which is a fun experience if you haven't had that yet. But
1: um, Wish that on anybody. but
0: Right. So, so, so they did that. Um, and, and and for me, too, they gave me acid reflux stuff because there was a little bit of irritation. But at the end of the day, there wasn't a ton going on. And for me, it ended up being I had a bad cold in November and I essentially just sang on it for two months. And I learned at that point, too, that you could actually take a cold. And if you're like a vocational singer, if you're doing this consistently week in, week, in, week out, you can make that that uh, vocal fatigue, that weariness last for months. Um, so for me, that that was the big one. And then mine, too, was mental I found like as soon as I had it scoped, as soon as I like realized I didn't have nodes, I felt like a lot of my range opened up right away because there was like right. I, I had built in some anxiety with it. I started like overthinking how my throat felt when I was going for notes, and I yep. was kind of like clamming up and, and squeezing it that way too. So that that's part of it too. If you feel like you're getting stuck up there, it could very well just be that you're freaking out about it. And, I, and exactly. I, and I'm not. And, I, yeah, go ahead. Okay. I was going to say I'm not a medical doctor, um, but at least like for for me. Uh, Going in and, and having the uh, ear, nose, and throat doctor actually look at my throat was really helpful. And, and for me, at least under my health coverage, I'm not sure what it looks like for everyone else, but you usually can get in there without having to go through a bunch of referrals and things like that. If you tell them that you sing, like, you're part, like it's part of what you do, um, they'll usually get you in there. So that was helpful for me.
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, it's, it's you know, pe- singers do not ha- need to panic when they feel that, that uh, because you're right, it is a lot of, uh, there's a lot of emotional stress we put on ourselves and we start to panic and And you're right. And the the mental anguish that when you go for those high notes thinking, oh man, I'm doing more damage, mm. uh, when, when actually you, you just, you know, you're not really doing any more damage, but you do need to take some rest, but don't panic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I think too, for me, this was like a good... Um, I guess it was a good humility experience for me with with God too. And as far as like what I define myself, I really feel like that period of the three months or so where I felt like I just I couldn't sing. And and I, obviously as a vocational worship pastor, like that freaked me out because it's like, well, if I can't do this, like, am I gonna eventually lose my job? If I, like my voice is gone, if I can't uh, lead lead this ways? But for me, like God really dealt with me and He really solidified in me the need to reproduce myself. Um, to do discipleship. So I, I was still, I was looking back on some pictures this morning of like, we took video of almost every service. I like to like watch back on my, I, sure. when I lead and like, I'd be back on the bass, I'd be on drums sometimes. And it was kind of fun to look back for that, those three months or so. We st- I still have people involved in the church now that had, that stepped up largely because I felt like I got taken out for three months. So God really used that as an opportunity to take me off the microphone and give opportunity to others. And, and I've seen just so much fruit come from that. Um, So, if you feel like you're carrying all the weight and your voice is, like, too fatigued for that, um, might be a good chance to really look towards what you're doing for discipleship in your church and um, really realizing, like, the true calling of a worship pastor shepherd is to shepherd other worship leaders and to help them become better.
1: Yeah, that's a great point, Ryan. I mean, even... Uh, and just to keep, even when you're vocally healthy, that's a good thing to do because even if you, you know, you suffer suffer with allergies or you have a cold or something, uh, there's a, a weekend where you just you've got laryngitis and it's a temporary thing. You want to have that team depth so that you can step out and know that things are going to be covered. So you're you're exactly right. I mean, discipling and mentoring leaders and so I mean that's that's a huge part of it. You definitely want to be doing that.
0: Sure. Let's, let's speak a little bit more on the, on the practical side. Do you have any, um, I guess, good warm-up, good vocal care tips, any like warning signs to look for that, that should mean, I mean, I, I guess when you see the warning signs is the answer then to just stop singing for a while or like what, what would you suggest?
1: If, if I promote these, um, just know that <laughs> I may not follow them exactly. <laughs> um, but one of the big things that I know that a lot of worship leaders do that is actually not great for their voice um, and, that, and I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to obey this in my own life, and that is um, actually drink less caffeine, um, and that's a hard thing to do. Uh, I think a lot of times, you know, as vocalists, we hear hydrate, 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 hydrate all the time, mm. uh, because your body and your voice needs that water to function properly. Um, and for me, I, I would make the excuse while well, I'm drinking lots of coffee, so I'm obviously hydrating. <laughs> um, but the problem is, the caffeine actually serves as a diuretic, and so what happens is, in the process of hydrating, you're actually de- depleting um, the liquids and the fluid that your voice needs to to function properly. So I can't I can't emphasize enough the the need to um, drink water as much as possible um i do know that some people struggle with with dairy products personally i've never had an issue with dairy products uh but i know that um because dairy creates phlegm um that it can create some problems sure. um, so you know definitely if if you struggle with that and your body reacts adversely to dairy you definitely want to try to stay away from that i think right. most people us understand that
0: so i'll i'll interrupt that real quick hopping on that yep. cuz i've run into that like i'll drink I haven't done it a lot cause I've honestly been trying to lose weight. So I don't drink like mochas every morning, but like I would come in with a mocha and I would get like a couple of the other singers like, Oh man, you can't drink milk. And like, honestly, I felt like the added phlegm kind of helped me a little bit. Is mm-hmm. that, is that all in my head or what, like what, what is that?
1: Um, it's probably in your head. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, you may be feeling something other than phlegm. There might be another reaction that's happening. Um, the, And because I don't experience this personally with dairy products, it's hard for me to try to describe it. But my wife really struggles with dairy products when she sings. And she says it's almost like, you know, just having like, and I know this is really gross to talk about, but it's almost like just having pieces of slime hanging in the back of your throat. And they can actually interfere and get in the way of the vocal cords um, coming together properly. So, um, yeah, that's, it's not good.
0: (laughs) What about stuff like a like a throat coat or I've um, oh, used this like herbal stuff called Singer Saving Grace before. It's like a little throat spray. Um, have you done done much with stuff like that?
1: I have not done stuff with that. Um, t- um, I, I typically tell people to stay away from any kind of cough drops mm-hmm. uh, uh, that are like your halls or your things like that because those have anesthetic in them. And typically, when you suck on it, yes, it makes the throat feel better. Um, But actually what it's doing is just just deadening the feeling. And so you can actually be doing damage to your voice and um, creating more rawness and roughness on your vocal cords and not even realize you're doing it because of the anesthetic. Now, with some of the herbal remedies and some of the more natural things, I think what they do is they really work more on the swelling part of it. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's good. So you know, if you have an herbal remedy that that helps reduce swelling, um, but it still doesn't um, it still doesn't keep you from having to rest the vocal cords. Right. Um, that above all else, that's the most important thing when you're feeling vocal fatigue is just to to not make sound.
0: <laughs> right. So again, going back to the discipleship thing, because if it relies on you, and, and that's hard in a small church context, if you're the dude got to do it or the gal and and you got to come lead the service like it's 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 hard um but you may think about keying down your songs and bringing it into something more comfortable i've had right. a lot i've had a lot of fun there's been times where i've led um, I remember specifically for like small group times or something like that. And I've been kind of sick or you can just kind of pack your set, even in like a big congregational context, really pack your set with stuff that everybody knows in keys that are really accessible for the congregation and kind of just talk them through leading it and just kind of step away from the mic and mouth the lyrics with your mouth, but don't like really sing. And you can kind of, yeah. th- those, those are some of the best times of worship anyway, yeah. when you back off and hear everybody sing.
1: Definitely. So. Yep. I've done, we've, I've done that before. Uh, maybe just start the phrase and let them carry it. Yeah. Um, you know stuff like that especially like what you said when you when you don't have a lot of resources to pull from because i have there's probably been a half dozen to a dozen times in in my worship leading career where i've had to lead with laryngitis and <laughs> it's it's to my my detriment because i haven't i at that point i hadn't trained leaders to cover uh if i if i you know got sick or whatever um but yeah i mean in those situations you you definitely need to fight that temptation to sing everything.
0: Sure.
1: Start a phrase or get something going and then back off, you know, just the, just the way that you've explained it is the, is the best way to handle
0: that. Right. Let's talk um, warm-up routines. Are there any go-to things you'd, you'd give people advice for? I know I'm terrible at warming up, and and honestly, like, I've not felt the need for it yet um, which, which I know is like not cool, but like, I just, I find that I can go in and I can pretty much sing cold. So what, what am I doing wrong?
1: (laughs) Right. Like you, I am horrible with warm ups. Um, and probably in the last five years or so, I've started to feel, um, just age setting into my voice. Um, and, and I still don't warm up like I should, but, um, Every, you know, every voice is a little bit different as far as um, the warmups that work for you. So I don't typically prescribe uh, a particular set of warmups for, for every vocalist because every vocalist struggles with different things. Um, for me, um, the thing that I struggle with in the morning and, and getting my voice warmed up is placement. I tend to I tend to sing a lot from my throat. Um, and so for me, I like to try to get my placement a little higher. So for me, I do a lot of humming. I do a lot of, you know where the where the sound is way up inside my head um, and I really feel it resonating um, kind of behind my cheeks and behind my nose so that the voice feels as though it's not sitting heavily in my throat when I'm making sound um, and that tends to warm me up pretty quickly. Um, but other than that, I don't have any um, particular, remedies or specific warm-ups for people because everybody warms, I've, I've found this over the years, everybody warms up differently with different exercises mm-hmm. depending on what works well for their voice.
0: Yeah. And there's some great training on the site. I'll make sure to link in the show notes, some of the articles you wrote too, Cliff, with uh, just some good video. I'm looking at right now, like some of the, your so you think you can sing post which is really good stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. so, so we'll link that in the show notes. If you haven't been around the church Collective for a long time, there's some really great vocal training stuff on the site. Yeah,
1: and on those videos, I do offer some vocal warm-ups and different vocal exercises that you can do, um, depending on what area of your voice you want to work on. Um, you know, some of the exercises deal more with breathing and proper breathing. Some of the exercises deal more with um, placement and getting the voice placed in the, in the right uh, position when you're singing and that kind of thing. So. Right.
0: Yeah, cool. So, we got any any other advice for, for people? Well,
1: uh, one of the things that I was thinking of when we were talking earlier is, um, you know, typically when you get laryngitis, when you have a cold, or when you have allergies, um, almost all of the time, if not all the time, it's caused by postnasal drip. Hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, when you do feel a cold first coming on, one of the best things you can do is just take a cold medicine, but you have to take it right away when you first, um, you know, anything that's got an antihistamine in it. Because if you can catch it early on and you catch, um, catch that cold or catch those allergies before the post-nasal drip starts, it's the dripping in the back of the throat that actually irritates the vocal cords and, and starts to create the rawness yeah. or, the, or the, the roughness in the sound. Um, when, I'm, when I feel a cold coming on, I'll take cold medicine right away. And then when I sleep, I typically try to sleep with my head facing down hmm. so that the dripping doesn't drip into the back of my throat. I, I typically sleep on my back um, or on my side, um, but when I am when I have a cold coming on, I'll typically try to sleep on my side or my stomach more um, than on my back because that dripping is really what causes uh, a lot of the, the rawness that you have.
0: That's good stuff. So preventative measures for sure, like look for the first right, signs, yeah. Yep. The other
1: thing, too, is, uh, and and this is, you know, not as widely um, realized for vocalists, but honestly, exercise is huge for your voice. Um, You know, even doing, you know, 20 to 30 minutes of cardio every day, um, it's a habit that I fall in and out of, um, and right now I'm kind of getting back in the groove, um, but it's amazing to me. Every time I start to put regular exercise into my routine, my daily routine, it's amazing how it improves my voice and my vocal quality. Um, what it does is it, it just gets the blood flowing um, and, and, and when the blood is flowing and supplied to all the different parts of the body, including the vocal cords, Um, It brings the the correct the the proper nutrients and everything else that the vocal cords need to function Not to mention that it also improves your breathing mechanism Uh, And so you can support a lot better as well when you're exercising on a regular basis So I know a lot of people talk about well, I need to do this I need to do that add exercise to that list because that really keeps your voice healthy and in good shape
0: Yeah, that's huge Take care of yourselves, yeah. And if you have any questions, Cliff and I are Facebook community page or anywhere on the Church Collective, you can find us and we'll be at some workshops and training events and all that.
1: Looking forward to that.
0: Yeah.